That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Cara Denisio. And I'm Dr. David Miller, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting it all together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of health care. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you need to know about. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus Focused vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high-quality naturopathic doctor-designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. All right, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. It's Dr. Dave here, and I'm pretty pumped to have uh, Dr. Liam Latouche with me. Uh, welcome, Dr. Liam. Thank you for having me. This is great. This is great. I'm I'm actually really pumped to have you on for my own purposes, <laughs> because <laughs> well, because you're you're a great clinician. I I hear through the grapevine, and I know from other good clinicians. Good clinicians know other good clinicians, and I'm really uh, I'm actually pumped to hear some of the the wisdom that you have on complex, uh, complicated diseases. Do you want to just sort of, um, you know, I've sort of botched your, your intro there with saying it's complex diseases, but what do you, what are you really dealing with like on a daily basis and what's your sort of, um, your sweet spot in practice? Yeah, I guess the, the umbrella term is complex chronic disease. And that, that really reflects anything that's been difficult to diagnose or treat in conventional settings, or even with like standard integrative you know, uh, care, whether naturopathic or chiropractic or other things along those lines. Um, often this comes under chronic fatigue, chronic pain, chronic infections. And so the list can be quite long, um, mm. but that typically uh, is what people will be coming in for. Either they're just seeking answers, um, they're dealing with just debilitating pain or, or just chronic pain that hasn't been improved with, with other therapies. Um, they don't know why they're so tired. Right. Mm. And they're just struggling with that. Or they, they sometimes do come in with a diagnosis, an autoimmune condition, or they know they've had a tick bite and they suspect that there's Lyme, but but that hasn't been confirmed on standard laboratory tests. So, you know, I could take it in a million directions, but really it's some of these vague, elusive conditions where I really have to put on a detective cap. And um, I think, you know, as naturopaths, we can be very well suited towards deep investigation, looking at things through a different and wide lens. And as you know, we have a huge, you know, I don't say bag of tricks. We have a huge toolkit, I'll say, mm -hmm. to be able to play with. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, um, I think as, as, uh, you get to practice more, you see there's some, uh, some cases are a little more straightforward than others. Like some patients, it's, it's pretty straightforward, but like we just had a little discussion before we start recording here and I'm going to, uh, refer someone to you because it's kind of out of my comfort zone. I think that's something you sort of start to understand as you get better that you can't treat everything. So I'm actually going to refer someone to you, Liam, for, um, for, um, like we were just talking about the mold illness. And so that's another thing that you feel comfortable sort of treating. Cause it's, those are the really difficult ones. Like I'd consider myself a fairly good clinician after, you know, 12 years, I'm all right. Um, but I'm still going to send, I mean, I just sent an, uh, a note to Jordan Robertson too. Like I, I send people all the time. So, um, you know, naturopaths are like, we're like last in the line of care. Mm-hmm. You're like last, you're even, even after the the naturopaths are sort of done <laughs> the, discarding these difficult cases. That's how it, did that's how it. did you end up getting these naturopathic scraps? <laughs> I've never heard it that way, but that's exactly what it is. Um, I started my my career in in health in fitness, and I was working as a, a I was taking some time off between undergrad and whatever uh, the next stage of life would be, which the intention was kind of conventional medicine. Um, my mom was dealing with a vague, very odd, um, unexplained neurological condition. And so I said, listen, I'm going to sit tight. Let's figure out what's going on with her health. And then I can kind of get back on the horse and figure things out. Mm-hmm. And through that process, I think it was twofold. One, working in the rehab setting and just acknowledging where kind of physical medicine is hugely important. And in my in my side, if it was more like the post-rehab, seeing it was hugely important, but you know, not looking at the, the mental, emotional side of things, not looking at the nutritional aspect of their healing and recovery. I think that was one factor that prompted, you know, where do I go from here to really round this out? Mm-hmm. And then, and then with my mother's experience, um, you know, awesome practitioners, but just not necessarily in a position to, to figure this out. And I was able to acknowledge the gaps in care, right? Mm-hmm. Urgent, emergent care. You know, someone has a broken bone, car accident, they're not coming to us and they shouldn't be. And we have a great conventional system, allopathic system to support that. But mm-hmm. just acknowledging some of those gaps in the in the chronic care model. And I didn't even know about naturopathic medicine. I ended up just through an amazing turn of events, which I'm eternally grateful for, had this all kind of came together. And I, I trust that that was some kind of bigger picture um, uh, predestined experience, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was just being able to acknowledge that I think there was, there's more to it when we're looking at comprehensive care and witnessing my mom's recovery through, we'll say complementary care that that was a huge catalyst in, yeah. in facilitating that. And then just lastly, I did the, uh, there's a, a chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, multiple chem- chemical sensitivity focus shift at, at CCNM, one of the, um, naturopathic colleges which I did in my internship. And, uh, and I think that really solidified it, you know, just mm-hmm. recognizing the need, recognizing the, the skills that we have, the tools we have. And um, th- that was it. And then now I take the scraps. Yeah. So I didn't mean, you know what I mean? I, sometimes I just try to say oh, something no. punchy to have an effect, but that, but, that but is, it. yeah. I, I get it at the end of the road, right? Yeah. And, and I take no offense to that. That's just how it works out. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, compliment in a way right when when i say okay i'm half decent at what i do here but liam this one sort of out of my zone here uh please take and and we don't you know you don't refer lightly 
um, I don't, I don't, uh, like I, like I said, I, I just, uh, wrote a message to Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, Robertson, who's a, you know, a superstar ND about some hormonal, uh, uh, cases. And, and she said, you know, okay, if I send to my other clinicians that work with me, I'm like, no, I want them to go to you. <laughs> right. Not, no offense to anyone. I just don't know them. So the, the referral comes with some, uh, uh, there's some, some oomph behind it. Absolutely. And I think we just on that note, you know, we, we often come out of, of our training as jack of all trades and masters of none. And often we'll, we'll fall into our niches, but I found, you know, I, I can't be a generalist. It's just not my strong suit. And, and I definitely refer outside mm-hmm. for, you know, for some of these conditions. And so I gladly welcome ones where it may be within my domain. Right. Mm-hmm. So some of the people that are coming to you are coming with, like, let's just relate maybe to some listeners who are more on the patient side of, of things and, and struggling with some symptoms that are not too, uh, not too difficult to, to perceive maybe to them. Um, but they're, they're maybe difficult to perceive based on like a, a biochemical soup model of, of disease. What are the, some of the symptoms that people are coming to you, uh, with and, and what you sort of enjoy sort of translating those messages from the body into some sort of uh, plan for balance? I would say probably the most common would be persistent fatigue, unexplained fatigue, not better with rest and with, with sleep. These are individuals that engage in any, like going to the grocery store, right? And that could be enough to wipe them out for, you know, several hours. And some people had a patient 20 year old for three days, she's out after just going to the grocery store. And that's, that's uncommon for a 20 year old. And oh, yeah. with the whole, you know, medical workup that she's undergone, still no answers. And the answers are there. But um, so I would say that the fatigue would be a big one. Uh, chronic pain, you know, that that and chronic pain can be difficult to manage across the board. It's it's, you know, this is where we're in an opioid crisis. Uh, but certainly, you know, joint issues, uh, muscle pain, um, unexplained bladder pain is a really common one that tends to be, you know, uh, poorly managed. Um, a lot of people will come in with brain fog, uh, insomnia. They'll come in with, um, and I, <laughs> the reason I struggle with this is literally they'll they'll come in with, you know, in in our intake forms, it'll say, "What are your primary complaints?" And mm-hmm. it's almost like they have to flip to the back page to get more room. Yeah. Because it is, it's just, it's a, it's a laundry list of complaints and not to make light of it, but that's the reality of these yeah. vague multi-system, multifactorial presentations, right? But I would say it's often underpinned with some kind of cognitive thing. So the brain fog, um, often the chronic pain and often the, the fatigue and, and then it goes from there in any number of directions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the fatigue and pain can be fatiguing, right? That's, mm-hmm. then you get into all these loops of like, uh, loops of, of problems, sort of like, um, like what I see with gut and brain, it's like, you, you're anxious and it screws up your stomach and then your stomach screwed up, which screws up your brain. And then, cause that vagus nerve goes both ways. And so you get a lot of these loops. Um, but one of those loops that you are touching on there is the fatigue one. And I find like, forgive me if this is the most obvious thing, but I, I, and I repeat some stuff I think is important on the show, but when you're fatigued, you cannot make inroads new habits new health uh practices um you're just too bagged to do some of the good stuff and and we know it's usually convenient easy stuff that happens and that's not easy is not always the way out right so um how do you first okay so let's let's address the the fatigue it's just so common so let's let's say someone's come to you uh 
maybe do you do you look at their iron first? Has it been looked at already, or or what are you doing when you assess someone with with you know debilitating f- uh, fatigue? Right. I think looking at it in with respect to is this a simple fatigue or is this a complex fatigue? And so starting with just like you said, you know, analyzing blood levels of nutrients like iron and vitamin D and vitamin B12 and um, you know, just checking for nutrient deficiencies that might be present that we can test for or, you know, assess for through the history and diet diaries, things like that. Um, are they not sleeping well? Are they super stressed? Like, and not to say that those, these, these factors can't be present in a more complex or unexplained case, but certainly, you know, have these foundational uh, considerations been assessed and addressed if appropriate? And often people are coming to me after those factors have been looked at, even things like thyroid function and adrenal function as far as hormone regulation and insulin balance and blood sugar regulation. A lot of things that would, um, again, need to be addressed, corrected for to whatever degree before we go further. Um, But I would say more often than not, either I'm doing these investigations if someone is coming to me first contact, more often than not, though, it's it's, um, they're coming to me having had all of that exploration done, not really feeling much better. And now we start looking at, you mentioned mold, um, you know, mold and heavy metals and chronic infections, meaning, uh, you know, things like, like Epstein-Barr virus is a common one where people can get mono or the kissing disease you know, in high school, they didn't feel too well. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they've never been the same since that, or mm-hmm. maybe they got a tick bite or they had a, a round of a stomach flu or food poisoning and have not been well since that. And so now we're starting to go down, hopefully, the right rabbit holes, and then there are ways to assess for that, um, you know, to try and figure out where is this coming from. And it's unfortunate, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm not years into practice in, insofar as I'm not a 20, 30, 40-year vet in the game, but, you know, in, in the eight years that I've been in practice, I've continued to see more and more young patients come in. And to me, that's interesting and perplexing and concerning. And, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to understand what is it about our exposures and this chemical soup that we operate in and the interaction with that biochemical soup that you talked about that's contributing to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, just really trying to look at the various factors pertaining to, um, I mean, this is a good time to look at it, but kind of the structural aspects, which you're a whiz with. And I think, you know, I, I, I love what you do in that space you know, appreciating how well the body is communicating. And, you know, if we don't have the full electrical signal coming in, how well will these systems function? Exactly. Um, and I'm simplifying here, but, you know, thinking about it that way. And then the biochemical piece, we're thinking about that interaction with our environment, which has changed significantly over the years since the Industrial Revolution. And then um, kind of the mind, body, mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic sphere, you know, whereby that can certainly have impacts on how our body is able to function and, and what kind of roadblocks might be put up. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, um, long-winded answer, but, but generally we're looking more at the complex side and trying to figure out from this huge constellation of factors, where are we um, starting to, to focus in some of these more complex, unexplained cases? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with the complex cases, I find, um, yeah, often people are doing the basics, right? But I like, I've, I've watched your communications and I see how I, I, I get your stuff. It's kind of like talking to myself, kind of, of course, I'm, I like it because you th- <laughs> kind of think like me. It's good. <laughs> we, all, we all like that um, confirmation bias or whatever. But um, one thing you do talk about and you don't, um, uh, you don't 
yeah, you, you talk about the foundational stuff. You even say that word foundational stuff. And I, I, and I think foundation is, is the perfect, is the perfect word because it is, it is the, the foundation upon which you build other things. Do you, do you want to maybe share like what, what sort of range of, of, uh, foundational practices people have and the ones that you find uh, are most important and how you work with them? Absolutely. Um, with respect to uh, kind of, if I think of it in terms of movement, nutrition and, and uh, um, lifestyle. And so with respect to more of the movement side of things, you know, these are individuals that aren't necessarily um, like you said, if energy is not there, where's the motivation, let alone the yeah. fuel, right, to do a lot of these things. So we're just trying to be mindful of what kind of movement is going to be supportive, mainly from a lymphatic support perspective, right? Because lymphatic congestion, which could be a talk onto itself and something that I think yeah. we could maybe switch roles and you could speak to that. Um, you know, lymphatic congestion could be a, a significant barrier to their healing. And so if they can't get up and move, because that's going to knock them on their butt, which is the unfortunate reality in some cases, you know, can we use some gentle homeopathics that might stimulate that? Can we work with a manual therapist or, or something along those lines that can help support that without them having to overexert themselves, contrast hydrotherapy, castor oil packs, you know, there's, I would say thinking along the lines of, of movement, we want to do something to support um, kind of the channels, the flowing of the channels in the body. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that, that's one of the key foundational components and meeting the person where they're at. Um, nutritionally, I, I find that, um, and I'm guilty of this at any, you know, different points in my life as well, but, you know, under consumption of things like protein, um, under consumption of essential fatty acids and healthy fats and under consumption of fiber and flavonoids and kind of trying to understand where someone may be able to top up a little bit in a, in a feasible, appropriate, sustainable manner. Um, and I, I like kind of the inputs that have a number of benefits. So as long as someone can tolerate, you know, nuts and seeds, we can get our fiber, we can get our healthy fats, we can get a lot of nutrients, but that one can be quite varied, but trying to think of where, where protein is often a big one where I try to get them propped up a little bit, mm -hmm. um, just with respect to the role that protein plays in healing and, and, and building block for building blocks for everything. And then from the lifestyle perspective, um, trying to under help them connect the dots between their body's uh, um, processing of stress and how that influences their well-being. And you talked about that, you know, brain-gut, mind-gut connection. Um, it's the mind-everything connection, right? When, when yeah. we look at it. And so whether it's a, a deep breathing practice, other forms of mindfulness, prayer, spirituality, whatever floats their boat, right? But mm -hmm. I try to pick one thing from those three pillars as far as a starting point. And you know this, we can go in any direction and we can have an endless list. But um, those are some of the things that I, I try to think about in, in, in positioning somebody for um, the greatest potential for success. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing those foundational, uh, you know, topping up those buckets or however you, you know, whatever the analogy you use, because I, I think what you're doing is you're at least touching on them. You don't want to leave any, like, like a chair with, say, it's got four legs. You, yeah. you, you, you need to prop it up somehow. Right. As you do those, are you doing some more uh, sort of advanced or complex interventions at the same time? Absolutely. And I, I, the, I shouldn't say unfortunate reality, but I, I know it comes with a cost and it comes with a, a, a burden as far as taking a lot of things. But in the beginning, these protocols are often supplement heavy, mm -hmm. um, but I find them to be a, 
a, a means to get us to where we need to get in a manner which we wouldn't be able to do in another way, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, can you give an example? Are, yeah, so I would say, you know, certain things like vitamin D, for example, just as a simple example, that's not something that we're going to get in, in sufficient amounts. And you may see this in your own practice, the amount of individuals coming in with vitamin D deficiency, you're going to have to cook yourself in the sun. And then we get some other issues. That's if we get yeah. sun, which I don't have today. Um, <laughs> right. So that, that poses a problem, but vitamin D, uh, things like, uh, essential fatty acids, magnesium, depending on the nature of the case, probiotics, those may be like four key considerations from a supplement mm-hmm. perspective that can, have one foot in the foundational box and one foot in kind of the targeted therapeutic box yep. or, or strategy. And then from there though, it's, it's really looking at whether the person has had a history of head and head trauma and traumatic brain injury. And do we need to manage the inflammation in their nervous system? The same being true for mold and some infections, which really assert themselves within the nervous system. And that can be a big thing that we need to try and control for via some strategic supplements, maybe melatonin or, or a high DHA fish oil comes into the mix or um, uh, specific kinds of curcumin. Or again, we, we could go down that path, but further down that path. Um, I deal with a lot of, of, of what we sometimes term histamine intolerance or mast cell activation syndrome. And so what are we doing? These are situations where histamine, and for most of us, we think of it in terms of, well, I take an antihistamine when I have allergy symptoms. So histamine being the chemical that can prompt some of those allergy symptoms, but histamine has an effect not only in your nasal and sinus and respiratory tract, it can, it can cause uh, digestive complaints, it can cause anxiety, it can contribute to a number of different um, symptoms in the body. And, you know, if, if that's, again, one of the, I'll take a step back. If there was a leak, we wouldn't sit there and just kind of mop up the leak, we would try and plug the hole or address yeah. that. And so what I'm getting at is rather than, you know, using a supplement or supplements to target, you know, 25 different symptoms, maybe managing that histamine burden with things like vitamin C and, and, and astragalus and NAC and uh, perilla and quercetin. And, you know, there may be some strategic areas to look at. Um, and I would still consider that to be foundational because we're not really going to be able to get further until we start to manage that and get someone's head above water. Yeah, so, for sure. There's almost like... Um, there's almost like a complex chronic disease, naturopathic triage that you're doing um, that I, I don't know how to explain how we do it. And it's, you know, some days we probably do it better than others, but there is a kind of triage that you're doing there, right? When you're um, like, for example, the energy one with me is like, if I'm going to expect someone to do some more, um, do some more stuff and they have zero energy, well, we got to do some like naturopathic martial arts to have them, you know, with the littlest effort, get some gain in energy and, and, yeah, there's that triage that that it sounds like you're doing. So, um, what what sort of guides your triage? Like, I mean, everyone's different, right? So we've talked about energy as being one. What are the other sort of uh, main things that are like guiding your triage, or like things that you have to take care of first before you get crazy uh, complicated? What? How does that work in your head? As best as you can, as best yeah, as you no. can share it. And and the way I think about it, some a mentor early in life said, you know, part of the strategy in, in life is going from spinning to just facing in the right direction. Cause then all you need to do is walk. Right. And my mm-hmm. intention with every patient interaction is how do we go from spinning to now facing in the right direction? I can't do the walking for you, but I can certainly help in breaking that, that cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I rely really heavily on an intensive um, intake process, which is focused disproportionately heavily on immune function, because although everything is interconnected, that it shines a light a lot on where we can focus our attention and start to move forward. Um, and these may be things uh, you know, pertaining to you know, the history of, of, of early childhood infections and, and head trauma, as I mentioned, and where they've traveled and did they consume well water and where did they grow up on a farm or close to a, a golf course where there may have been exposures and things along those lines. Dental history, uh, I'm not a dentist, but, um, and I don't profess to be, but, but oral and dental health can play a big role in all of this. Um, I use a lot of questionnaires and patients don't love me for it in the beginning, but they love <laughs> me for it later on because there's, there are a lot, but I, I, otherwise we'll both be spinning, right? And so I'll yeah. use environmental health questionnaires, infectious pathogen questionnaires, um, uh, about five or six different questionnaires to now narrow down what questions do I need to ask, what laboratory tests. We'll think about some of what we term functional lab tests, meaning tests that aren't run in the standard or conventional model, stool testing, um, heavy metal assessments, mycotoxin or mold, uh, pathogens, um, uh, environmental chemicals, a whole host of things that we can look at. And only now are we on like solid footing to think about, okay, where do we start going? Mm -hmm. And I also use um, different forms of, of what some people would call like bioenergetic assessment. So I'll use applied kinesiology and autonomic response testing in my practice. And I know it, it's not something that resonates with everyone, but in all honesty, I don't think I could do what I do without it. Um, I cool. recognize the wisdom, inherent wisdom and answers within the person's body. I recognize the barrier that sometimes stands in the way between us accessing that information. And I'm grateful for tools that allow us to cut through the weeds a bit and get, get to where we need to get and get that insight. Mm -hmm. And when I park my bias and try to work with the innate wisdom of that person's being and body, my, my whole practice shifted, right? I have knowledge to bring and, and, but I'm, but I'm cognizant of where that ends and where the wisdom of someone's body, you know, is really fundamental to their healing. So um, that that's, different for everyone. And that's, that's something that I, I rely very heavily on. Is that pretty standard issue assessment that you do, or you use that, that tool pretty much with everyone? Pretty much with everyone. If someone's not comfortable with it, I've had people who just, it doesn't resonate or they've had negative experiences in the past, the same way people don't like getting blood work or doing acupuncture. Like it's just, so I'll meet them where they're at, but as long as there's an openness, it's part of the physical examination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it just opens the door tremendously. Mm -hmm. No, good for you. It, I, I think it's really good to hear. Uh, like, I like talking to, to naturopaths who are really grounded with their science and everything, but you also have to be uh, open to some of the wisdom that has not fit into a science labeled box yet, which I'm sure someday will. Uh, for late, and it know. doesn't have to be, but it'd be nice if it does. Yeah, I think I think it will. I mean, I, I actually think that with like the kind of hands on stuff, the osteopathic stuff I do, like, I don't know how to explain to you exactly always the the precise mechanism by which it's, it's happening, but um, maybe it's someday. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. So um, what, what's the sort of thing that you see most, most frequently are you talking about like uh, viral illness? Are we talking about uh, fungal mold illness? What's, what's the thing you see most common or you find yourself sort of assessing most commonly? And I think to put it in the right perspective, we have to recognize and remember that we've co-evolved right with, with pathogens, um, we're learning to co-evolve with 
uh, environmental and chemical exposures. Um, I think at a rate that might be challenging for the body, but I, I typically um, will see a lot of, and so what I mean by that is, given that we've all been co-evolving with these with these exposures, why is it that there's a subset of the population that tends to, you know, manifest more significant illness, more persistent illness, um, have these vague presentations that we don't know what's going on. And so I think it's, it's a factor of trying to appreciate what is it about the combination of the person's individual biochemistry and other factors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, along the lines of both structure and mental, emotional, spiritual, et cetera, in concert with these exposures. And I would say um, it could be any pathogen. So I tend to see a lot of parasites and, and viruses and bacteria and some of the Lyme and co-infections um, that that will come up, uh, fungus as well. So I would say there's there's not any one thing I see predominantly. Um, mm -hmm. Initially, the, the light was was more so shone on um, viruses, but I'd say now, you know, it really could be anything. And it's more so you think of your body as a bucket, you know, various exposures will fill that bucket up. And when it overflows, now we're having, <clears throat> pardon me, having these symptoms. And so it's really just a matter of, well, what are the constellation of factors filling that person's bucket up yeah. in, to the point where, you know, it's overflowing. And so, um, yeah, no, no quick answer. Clearly, I have no quick answers for any of this, but. Mm -hmm. um, well, that's why it's complex, right? Like, yeah. That's why it's complex. I, yeah. And I do, I think these guys come together too, right? Like, so if you, they, they have little, they have little posses, I think like if a certain, exactly. and you, I'm like, I'm just talking as a concept, you probably have a way more, a deeper tangible understanding, but um, you know, if you have this parasite, well, it's probably going to make you more uh, susceptible to this virus liking your home. And then maybe there's certain bacteria that, that they like to hang out with. Cause even bacteria, they, there's like, you know, this one eats that one's metabolites and that one eats that one's metabolites and then it comes all the way back around. It's like this complex. That's, that's why I love that you say we co-evolved with these things. Cause like, it's a, it's a, it's like a whole ecosystem right. in us. And, you know, they talk about viruses infecting parasites and like, it just, yeah. Goes on. Bacteriophages. Think, right. And so I think where, where, where we can make ground, and this is really rooted in kind of, the, the elder-based, you know, naturopathic philosophy and principles is, is the terrain, right? Uh -huh. We can try and go and target all of these guys and go guns blazing. And in certain instances, yeah, we need to bring down a pathogen burden for someone to even have their head above water. Yeah. Um, but really, it's, it's working with helping to bring someone back to that original blueprint, right? And, and recognizing where there may be inherent deficits, maybe inherent blockages, challenges across the totality of their being. Um, and then using, again, a wide variety of tools to support their body's ability to manage that um, mm -hmm. in a way that it wasn't able to before via external tools where needed and, and also through propping the body up where, where we can. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where we have the most power. Yeah, and I think, I think it's, it's uh, smart. Uh, like, I just think it's an intelligent way because uh, a good example is I, like this whole thing with SIBO. I hear about SIBO, SIBO, SIBO all the time. And I'm like... Well, you're chasing a bacteria which has found this <clears throat> terrain to be very livable and it's 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 you'll see people they'll you know take some anti this or anti that um bacterial or anti microbial whatever and if you don't change the terrain the same inhabitants are are going to come come back so um but i i'm sure there's cases where like i personally don't use SIBO as a as a framework uh mm -hmm. but but i i understand why people do because there's probably some cases where the uh the uh, 
load, the bacterial load or microbial load is just so much. But I, I love hearing, Liam, that you're talking about elders. You're, I mean, you're talking about the, you're not throwing out the, the baby with the bathwater, you know, I think, and I think that's, re- no, I think it's really, really important. I think we've gotten, um, as a profession, very, you know, we're trying to be a lot like um, deterministic, uh, you know, take this for that kind of thing. Um, and I, I think it's, it's great to hear that, um, that you're, you're treating complex diseases with, uh, simple treatments and also, um, just a good assessment. And I wanted to say it before I I forgot to say it, you know, you said you're doing all these questionnaires and all that. And I, I I just, I, I sum it up with my patients. I don't have as many, but it's, it's very similar in that I find the taking of a case, the, probably the most, the most important thing and being very accurate with that um, and thorough. And so I say it's front end heavy, right? Right. Right. (laughs) We we listen a lot and then we, you know, maybe we'll touch the body or maybe we'll do some labs or, or uh, just get them to talk about something they didn't have more than five or 10 minutes to talk about with their doctor. And then, oh yeah, there was a sore throat right before everything went pear shaped. It's like, bam, that's so important. Um, so yeah, we do front end heavy stuff. It sounds, well, it sounds like you do it too. Like you, you're front end heavy so that you have a good assessment and the person's not spinning. Right. I like that spinning analogy. And it makes all of the difference, right? I think just, I think one of the most therapeutic aspects of it, and I'm sure you, you get this feedback as well. And our colleagues do is, you know, the, the opportunity to sit and share that story from, from the patient. Um, you know, I feel like that's such a therapeutic aspect of their healing mm-hmm. process, just to have that as the, the initial, um, you know, uh, inroad to the next phases of the process, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then it serves the purpose of helping them unload and, and share and feel listened to and validated. And then it's providing us with just hugely important information that may have not even been considered or dismissed in other settings, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Liam, what's what's some of the uh, the sort of newer stuff that you've you've found out in the last uh, you know few months? Is there anything sort of new, hot? Because if you're anything like me, you're honoring the old stuff, but you're always digging to see if there's any uh, new ways to look at the old stuff or look at new things through the old stuff perspective. What are you sort of in, into lately? What I'm looking towards, I'm just not sure how to integrate it at this point. Is is like phototherapy and and using light uh, for for healing uh. and. Again, half you'll have a group of people that look at that and roll their eyes and say, "Well, that's that's woo woo." But you know, when you appreciate how long you know photodynamic therapy has been used in different settings, and when we and we have a fairly decent understanding of the science of it, um, it's, I see it as a really neat extension of other forms of energetic and frequency based healing. Um, and, and so, I, again, I don't see that as necessarily being brand new. It's newer to me in my practice. Uh, it's not in my practice yet, but it's hopefully on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also very keen to implement frequency-based, uh, frequency-specific microcurrent, which again is not a new therapy, but one that I, I haven't been in a position to integrate up until this point, which is the application of specific frequencies to the body to help um, facilitate homeostasis. So recognizing that injured or dysfunctional regions of the body are not operating at their normal frequency, not buzzing at their normal frequency, and how do we help uh, get them back to that? And I've relied quite heavily on homeopathy in the past to facilitate that and other forms of, of energetic work, but um, I'm, I'm intrigued by those and where they may fit into my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and beyond that, I would say it's my my practice is so eclectic that 
I don't even know where it starts and where it ends. So it's people, really, patience. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That, that's the, that's the difficult, that's the difficult part from like a communications marketing, if you will, perspective, I think is that, um, yeah, it's nice to sort of, you can speak to a, a person very directly and, and, uh, uh, what's it, precisely and communicate really effectively. If you say, I treat this with that, but in the end, when the, when the, you get the naturopathic scraps, you're treating patients and that's, I just, I hope we don't lose that because it's hard to communicate. It almost sounds um, too um, imprecise. You're right. And, and I do these, you know, a lot of practitioners offer these discovery calls. You know, I, I want to make sure the patient is the right fit for me and, and vice versa. There needs to be, you know, just some degree of confidence and comfort, ideally going into the yeah. visit for me at least. But you know, when I'm having these 15 minute calls and I'm trying to be as precise and concise as possible and directed and targeted towards their complaint or goals. But I, I recognize, right, it, it still becomes this fairly open ended discussion Um which I find I get a lot of positive feedback from though. It's, it's, it's honest, it's genuine, and it still provides far more concrete strategy than may have been put in place otherwise, even with being so vague and open, right? Yeah. Because people recognize that it's the reason it's that is because it's for them. And I don't know them yet. Mm-hmm. And the right person's going to understand, like the right patients are going to understand. It's funny you, you said something about just being open and honest about because I do these discovery calls too. I had a guy uh, say uh, he'd been to everyone. You know, we see these people. They've been to everyone. They've been to physio. They've been to Cairo. They've been to massage. They've been to like that, the weird guy in town who does like essential oils and whatever. They've done like everything. And anyway, this guy had like 10 out of 10 lightning, uh, sort of phantom limb pain that felt just like lightning. Uh, which sounds horrific. And it was, and he called me, I said, look, uh, I don't have a framework to work with that specifically. I don't know how that's going to work. (laughs) Add that to the list of like new cases that are going to probably stump me. And then, um, but in the course of talking to him, he said, you know what, I'm coming. You're the first person who said, I don't know if I can help you. And I like the honesty. And he came in and we hit it out of the park with him somehow. I don't know. I had a good day at work that day. And so I, I said, actually came back for a follow-up. I said, we're not doing anything else. <laughs> not, I'm not touching you again. Leave on top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had a good day, but yeah, that I think it's good for people because we're addicted to certainty. Yeah. Right. We, I think in the, I, I say collectively culturally in the West are just so addicted to certainty, which probably is playing out in COVID-19, like mm-hmm. uh, to some degree. Not everything is 100%. We are on planet. I always say, welcome to life on planet Earth, where a piece of rocket could fall on your head at any time or whatever. Like, we don't know everything. So anyway, I love that. I think that's partly why I like chatting with you, man, because you're you're straight up and, and you try to be concise, but you understand the complexities there. And and uh, yeah, that's it's just it's refreshing. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's it's the every day I I, I get more humbled every day, you know, just by fascination with the human body, appreciation for what, uh, you know, people have had to go through and, and just, it's one of those, the more you learn, the less, you know, kind of things, you know, the uh-huh. more I'm becoming a domain expert in, in whatever it is that I'm figuring out, the more I realize, man, there is a lot to this. And yep. 
you know, you stay humble, you stay open, you stay patient-centered. And, you know, I think that's where you will continue to attract, you know, the people you do because you put that intention and energy out and you bring your best self and, uh, you know, to those interactions. Yeah. Which is great to hear from my end as well. Oh, yeah. And like pe- people need us, like, because um, I, I think uh, I was talking to a patient yesterday and she's a mental health professional. And she's, and I said, you know, how do you like your job? I always tell people, hey, I, I just want to know them. Like, Hey, how do you like your job? You know, like, what's it like? And she's like, well, yeah, it's just, she's probably 50 something. And she's like, it's a lot more complex than it used yeah. to be. People have more complicated problems. And I said, you know what? I think that's why naturopaths like you, um, maybe to a lesser extent like me, cause I do a bit of medical detective work too, but not to the extent that you're doing. Um, and, uh, I said, I think that's maybe why we're needed. I think that's because life is more complicated. There's a bunch of complicated shit going on and you need to take more than five minutes sometimes to, to figure it out. And uh, that's what you're doing. The, the scraps. <laughs> yeah, the scraps. I'm always going to see that now. But that, yeah, I, 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 I take the scraps proudly. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're needed. They're, yeah. It's so needed as a as a naturopath who gives you these patients or like people like you uh yeah we we're close to knowing but we're not yeah. we're not even there yet it's because it is so damn complicated sometimes and it, it and like i'm like you like i want to know that that's why i do the the um the meet and greet so i want to have some degree of certainty or an a known a commonly understood degree of certainty or experimentation or open-mindedness that we have to approach uh this person's care with right so um yeah just being forthright with that is is key i i I just i think it's so important that we accept that we don't know everything and then there's then the next level is the liam latouche level you (laughs) you take that um liam i uh I'm going to tell people just about your, your website right now. Yeah, so um, yeah. So if you guys want to uh, find out uh, about what Liam is doing in practice, go to liamlatouche.com. Uh, it's exactly uh, how it sounds. And you can see uh, he, he's got some, uh, he's got some information there about himself and what he, what he takes care of uh, in practice. And I think you'll like, um, like his communication style. I really like your communication style, man. I think you're doing great stuff. Um, and I, I thought I'd take this this moment now to, you know, to give you a, a chance to say, like, is there anything else that you want the people out there and, and maybe some of the younger naturopaths out there to hear as like a way of summing up what you think is important about what we've talked about today or just like chron- chronic complex disease in general? Yeah, I would say the the biggest thing is to maintain hope. Um, I think it's 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 easier said than done. And when you're on the receiving end of a really nasty, progressive, complex, unexplained condition, it's very disheartening. It's demoralizing. It strips you of your hope. But my, my hope in all of this and in engaging with awesome people like you and this awesome platform and anyone else that's, you know, trying to put the word out, we, I, my, we need to maintain hope. The, the, now, hopefully X-Files doesn't come after me, but the truth is out there, right? Like it's yeah, really, it is. And it takes, it takes commitment. It takes a lot of digging. It takes a comprehensive strategy. It takes getting knocked on your butt when you think you're moving forward. But, you know, the success stories I see every day and the not so 
successful stories that I see every day continue though to demonstrate that there's a lot we can do. Um, it's really about fostering collaboration and integrative care. And I think if we within the, the bigger medical model, you know, can um, work together to support patients in a more comprehensive fashion, and we can truly acknowledge the power of naturopathic medicine when it comes to working with some of these more complex and unexplained conditions. Um, I think it, if nothing else, it fosters hope and it gets people feeling better. And so for the patients out there, or the individuals out there dealing with these kinds of conditions, you know, you continue to seek the person that you jive with, that aligns with you, that, that you feel good about and work with them. And, and, and there's a lot that can be done. For the younger practitioners, there is a huge need for this. And if you align in any way, shape, or form with being a medical detective, with, with really trying to address some of these more complex conditions, you are so needed. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's not nearly enough of us out there. And um, I, I know it's not the easy job. I know it comes with a lot of extra work, but it's incredibly satisfying and gratifying, not satisfying, gratifying. Um, and so I, I just hope that, you know, I, I hope across the board, we just maintain hope because it's, it's, if we can do the right things, we can get people feeling better. And, and it really comes down to supporting their innate ability to heal. Beautiful. Yeah. Big message of hope. And I'll, I'll just tag on to that just from my little world of, of osteopathic sort of hands-on stuff. And uh, one thing I'm telling people a lot of the time uh, is that your body's not like, you're not, you're not like wrong or making shit up. Like you're not, you're not, there's not just something screwy with you. And it's like just some, abstract psychological thing i think i come in at it i'm coming at it from a different perspective than you but it's it's very similar i think is that the body's never wrong okay okay like so sometimes it might try to cope in ways for which it's not perfectly equipped whether it has the hardware or the software problem or something but generally the symptoms and signs and symptoms of the body which you're looking at in a different way with your questionnaires and like complex sort of and I'm looking at with my hands or, or whatever, I, I feel like we've got a lot of patients who just, they come there. They're like, uh, so I'm just, there's something wrong with me. I, I'm just like anxious or whatever. And I, I feel their body. I'm like, no, you're, you're anxious. Cause there's something wrong with your heart is actually like just a little, there's something a little bit wrong with your heart. And what, what does that, how does that make you feel anxious? You know, so there's often like a body based or a microbe based or like an environmentally toxic sort of contribution that is making a, a signal in the body. And, and, and it's, it's our job and think like you are the pioneer, like you're the extreme end of the, of the sort of like explorers. You're like an explorer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I'm not going as far. Uh, you're like in the Antarctic or whatever, but like <laughs> yeah. we have to get better at uh, be better explorers and understanding like whisk like be body whisperers that's why i say i'm a gut whisperer and that's what you're doing and that's what i'm trying to do the body's not like you're not screwy there's probably a reason why you feel you do and liam says there's hope there you go okay love it that's great Okay. Well, thanks. Thank you so much, Liam, for, uh, well, you taught me a lot. This is like continuing education. And so hopefully, um, uh, the listeners out there got as, at least as much as I did, uh, from, from what you're doing. And I, I'm just keep doing what you're doing, keep exploring and, uh, we'll have to have you on again. I'd love to. Thanks again. This has been an awesome experience for me. 
and keep okay. doing the good work you're doing. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. Cheers. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient Focused vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high-quality naturopathic doctor-designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada.